Oh, yeah. It's just like cutesy, like everyone's dancing around the living room, but it, that's not what the movie is at all. Nah, it's garbage white people being terrible to Sarah Jessica Parker for not being a garbage white person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's that's very 2018, actually. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. Well, everything is 2018. Everything's garbage. Like, I, I went running today. Congratulations to me. And, it's you know, it's like 90 degrees in New York and the, it's trash day or tomorrow is trash day. And it was just, it's just, we live in a garbage world. And sometimes it's literal like that. Sometimes <laughs> the universe is a little too on the nose. Hello, 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 and welcome to American Grifts, a podcast where we explore the reality that everyone in America is now either a huckster or a victim of a huckster. I am your host, Oriana Schwint, and twice a month or so, however often we feel like it, I and my co-hosts will be going deep on one particularly outrageous grift. My ho- my co-hosts today are delightful fellow freelance writers, writers Latoya Ferguson. Hey there, that was a great intro, by the way. Oh, thank you. And so now, Allie, you need to step up with your version of hello. So Allie Semigran is my other co-host today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you you have like a, a, a another hello in you? Oh no! I wanted to oh, just a woo. I like something it. Anna. Just I feel like that's something Anna Delvey would appreciate is a woo. I think you're correct because and so that that segues nicely into our topic for today, which uh, for this illustrious first episode is going to be Anna Delvey, the young woman who took like several fancy hotels and many other slightly less fancy people and maybe even possibly more fancy people. Uh, for quite a ride over the course of around two years, I think. Um, so, you know, summer's coming to a close, although it still feels like the devil's anus outside. But scam <laughs> is forever. Are you guys ready to talk some serious scam? Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, I really just want to talk about how she like, has had the life I want, which is scamming everyone <laughs> and into like, a lot of she- money. I don't know what was well. Okay, we'll 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 lay out some of the facts before we get too deep into like dissecting the psychology of Anna Delvey, aka Anna Sorokin, uh, which look, that name sounds awfully close to uh, a certain TV writer. I'm I'm wondering who has scammed us all into believing he's he's good at his job when really he's what sucks. you didn't love uh, oh, wow. <laughs> you didn't love the newsroom alley no I hated it so much <laughs> we're actually gonna turn it into a newsroom <laughs> podcast where we just rewatch and, and 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 wonder how Olivia Munn was the best part of that show oh my god yes I forgot about that oh my god okay okay so so in case in case our listeners didn't read the New York magazine or Vanity Fair stories here's like some of the facts um so Anna Delvey kind of blew into New York sometime in 2016 and she was you know in the European rich person scene for several years she like set her up in fancy hotels in New York that I've never heard of despite having lived here for a decade. She used a revolving door of credit cards and wire transfers 
and it, she was throwing cash around um like uh Allie, do you remember that one birthday when we when you were living with me and i um like popped a thing of confetti all over you oh yeah we couldn't clean it up for <laughs> at least a year yeah that was in adelphi every yeah <laughs> she just stuck around i know the i think the part of the story that creeps me out the most is like when she waits in the lobby of like her personal trainers oh my god yes building (laughs) and like wants to be let up because like there's no like that's so upsetting she knows how to squat capacity like yeah exactly yeah and like i've crashed with people and i feel like i overstay my welcome after about a week and she was like actively trying to get back into people's places I, because it's, you know, it's really hard to kick people out of your apartment once they're actually in it. Fun fact. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, okay. So she, she came to New York to start, and this is like a direct quote, a dynamic visual arts center dedicated to contemporary art. Like supposedly it was like a Soho house for visual artists, which even sounds, even the words coming out of my mouth sound weird and too rich. Do, do you, either of you want to talk about the crazy Marrakesh trip? Wait, is this about how she gave like a, literally everyone in her life a hundred dollars? This is, this is when she took the Vanity Fair photo editor, uh, and the per, her personal trainer slash life coach, which is an amazing combination, uh, <laughs> to Marrakesh. Like, oh, right. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's and, right. I and, forgot about that. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, there was a problem with her bank. And she first tried to get the personal trainer life coach to pay. Um, but there were a bunch of errors. And then the Vanity Fair photo editor ended up having to put on her credit card, which I didn't know you could put that much money (laughs) on a credit card. Um, And so, you know, they, because there were like police, uh, like Moroccan or the hotel security, I guess, was like about to kick their asses. And so, you know, they avoided that, came home. And it was kind of after that, that things really started falling apart for poor Miss Delvey, the, who it turned out was like a young Russian woman who moved to Germany at 16 and then just kind of like ingratiated herself into the rich people scene and was essentially like she was bankrolled by her family at first and then just started kiting checks and, and getting actual rich people to put the bill for her. Um, Sort of like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Catch Me If You Can. But what's really wild to me is how many of the hotels that she oh my god, yes, didn't have any credit cards on file. Like, can you check into a hotel? I didn't. I didn't either. know you could do I had that. No, I guess if you just when they think you're rich, you can do it. Right. That's what I mean. Like, if you just roll in and look like a rich person and give them a bunch of cash. I just assumed like anywhere you just have to put a card on file. You ha- and yet, yeah. So I on I don't know how this because she did right. it at like a bunch of places. Yeah, and she stayed at is it eleven Howard for what like an entire summer? Yeah, it was it was like at least a couple a month or two. Yeah, it's just wild. I just don't know how it took them so long to realize 
she was charging all this shit and they didn't have her card on file. They all thought she was good for it, even though she never paid for any of it. So why would you think she's good for it? Yes, there's no fact. And if I were a lawyer, this is where I'd be like, foundation, right. <laughs> Your Honor. There's no foundation. I was rewatching The Good Wife earlier. Sorry. Um, um, but yeah, okay. So these are the basic facts. And um, we'll come back with segment two. Uh, which is, which is where we, where we really, will really get into this. Okay. So for, for me, the, the most important question is, is were you ever rooting for the griftress? Oh, good question. <laughs> um, I think I admired pulling it off because having lived in New York for so long, like just to pull off that feat of getting so, I think because <laughs> everybody I know was poor as shit. So being able to just con a bunch of people and to be like, Hey, get me a first class, you know, class ticket home and put me this bill. It's like, that is a wild fantasy story to me. So I was like wrapped by that because no way in a million years could I pull this shit off. Um, I would definitely be the friend who gave her the money to... Oh, no! Oh, I no! I would. A hundred percent. I would have totally fallen for this shit hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, I, I want to support her, but I, too, would probably have gotten grifted by her myself as much as I support this. Yeah. Really? Why, why, do, you guys, why do you guys think that you would have gotten grifted? I think you're either the grifter or the griftee, and I I just don't think I'm yeah. soulless enough to be the grifter. I mean, I admire it, but I don't I I would like fold immediately if I tried to hack <laughs> the shit she did. Also, I guess I was I, I, this is terrible, but I was just like I didn't care for the most part about the people yes. that got like hurt in this story of just like oh no, rich people were out a couple extra thousand dollars like. Who gives a shit? Like, I get upset when it's like, okay, like, it's gross that there's, like, Martin Shkreli is even connected to this in any way. And I was yes. bummed he didn't get grifted. But, like, all the people other than the front desk girl, I was just like, ah, fuck all these people. Yes, well, because the front desk girl is, uh, she's, like, one of, uh, like, she's not quite one of us because she still works in, but, like, she is. She's still considered the help. Right, exactly. Yes, Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, she did kind of profit in a small way. Oh, she definitely did. Um, But she deserved that, I feel. Like, I can't imagine the other shit she must have to put up with from most of the other guests. So, like, she deserved that $400 t-shirt that uh, Anna bought her with, you know, whatever kited check that she managed to fool uh, a bank into processing for like a day <laughs> that was the other thing is like i i do gotta admire the hustle of of depot like forging all those checks and depositing them and then getting out like there was one she deposited like one hundred and sixty thousand dollars into some bank and withdrew seventy thousand before they realized that the checks were bad and like <laughs> Oh my God, that would more than pay off my student loans. I have got to look into this check forging thing. And again, they give her the benefit of the doubt because they assume she's rich, where nothing in history says you should yes. give rich people the benefit of the doubt because they're all grifters, like this actual grifter. 
<laughs> yeah, they didn't. They pr- odds are good they didn't come by that money. Strictly, honestly, there's very few rich people where all their money uh, they came by it honestly. So, like, you know, it's interesting because for me, uh, like, this whole affair takes place in a world that I, like, the closest I came to it was watching Gossip Girl, I feel. Well, it's funny. I just finished Succession, and that's all I kept thinking. I just, (laughs) I reread the story today, and I've had to reread this story so many times because... I don't understand how she pulled it off. Even still, like, I don't understand how she conned this many people for so long. It is so crazy. But that's also what it reminds It's just this other separate New York world that, like, I have, you know, zero association with. I also have, like, I'm not fascinated by it because all these people seem atrocious. Um, <laughs> but it is weird that it's just happening in the same kind of space you're living in. I mean, it literally is a story from Gossip Girl. It's the Ivy Lola story. Although Ivy, I feel like was a better con artist than <laughs> like she put more effort. She kept yeah. She put more effort into this, and Anna, it's like, people just gave her things, and I feel like she didn't put as much effort as you would expect. It was just people assuming certain things, and they're like, okay, that's true. That's very very true, and that was like. Yeah, you're right. So much of this just kind of like fell into her lap. Like so much, I feel like so many cons, there's like strategic planning and she just kind of like went She went. It. She went to clubs and ordered bottle service and like, you know, a, that was the flame that the moths gathered around. Like, you know. Yeah, oh, she definitely knew who to con. It was just, well, it was, but you guys are right. It's, it what she didn't have specific targets, really. It was, well, that's, that's kind of the other thing. So, okay, do we, because she, obviously she's a con artist, so we shouldn't believe anything that she says, but do we believe her when she says that, like, she actually wanted to open this rich artist we work sort of place? Or, or, like, or was... <laughs> Was this a delusion? I believe it, but then, then the grift that that was a living, honestly. Yeah, I believe it was, was her original plan, and then uh, they made it so much easier for her until you know the end. That's it's true. I yeah, I buy it because that's like such a rich person's <laughs> idea of like what yes. a job is. So <laughs> I. I totally buy that that's what she wanted to do. That's true because, like, that's not terribly different from most tech startups, if we're being perfectly honest, or most, like, completely great. Again, I swear, there had to have been some kind of. I have. I, I think I stopped watching Gossip Girl after the third season, but there, there's no way. There's no way. I, I watched every episode, so just ask me. Was there. Uh, like Rufus Humphrey had to have been like doing something similar to this at some point. Maybe, maybe minus the check kiting, <laughs> laundering through the gallery. <laughs> he had to be. Yes. Remember, they they always pretended that Brooklyn was a cesspool, despite their amazing apartments. And yeah. Oh my God, Dumbo was one of the richest. Like I had a friend who lived in Dumbo at the time that that the show was airing, mm-hmm. and she it was a. a bug nuts expensive apartment that was crazy fancy and uh so 
but yeah, no, that's that's cool. Let's pretend that Dumbo is is where the poor. I mean, yeah, Rupert Humphrey, when he wasn't making waffles, he was definitely <laughs> money laundering through the gallery. I, because how else do they make money? Oh, also remember his residuals because he was a '90s rock star. Oh, I right. about that part. Oh my god. So yeah, he was actually like a, a, a hit rock star, and then eventually he <laughs> married Lisa Loeb. So. Oh my god! Wait, they got married. I. <laughs> <laughs> that's the final the final scene of gossip girl where they're all showing everyone happy together all of a sudden lisa lope shows no. up no oh my god yes. okay sorry sorry to have completely sidetracked this um but yeah okay so sorry spoilers for gossip girl you guys oh yeah <laughs> who knew that we needed a spoiler alert for for gossip girl but so okay did you i i feel like a bad person because no offense to the Vanity Fair photo editor, but uh, are you serious? Like, how? I know that she was supposedly like used to uh, putting large charges on her credit card, etc. But if, and I guess this is just a me problem. But if if someone told me like, oh, I'll pay for you to come to Morocco with me, and then was like. Oh, but uh, can you like buy your ticket? And I swear I'll pay for for the lodgings. Like, I would I would always have been like, no, I like even just the the slightest infinites infinitesimally small chance that this goes sideways. I can't be on the hook for any of this money. Like, I. I so I didn't feel as bad for her as I probably should have, because that's a that's a shitty thing to have happen to you. But at the same time, he said she did it all the time for work. But also, did none of these people have Venmo accounts? <laughs> Rich people don't Venmo. <laughs> Rich people no one don't Venmoed Venmo. her. <laughs> but yeah, she said like she did something like that for for work all the time, so it didn't seem abnormal. But it is abnormal, and the problem with like all of these. Is that they're living in such a bubble of abnormality, they're not noticing super severe red flags. No, and that's something they touch on the New York uh, Magazine article, is that she's just telling these people, I'll pay you back, and they have so much money that they don't even notice it. And then it makes you wonder, like, do rich people just do this with each other all the time? Like, here's eight grand, hit me back whenever, and it's not a big deal. I guess so. This whole story is one of the best arguments for socialism i've ever seen just eat the rich or like <laughs> yeah eat the, not even socialism just just like literally taking all rich people's money because they're so you're right it's so it's crazy how you know that there was one guy who paid for her to go to venice or something with him and and he was like oh yeah she never paid me back huh right. are you shitting me <laughs> right I, I I could never exist in that way. Right. I have to make sure, like anything. If, if I if I lived in a world where I was able to loan anyone any money, I would need that money back immediately. Yeah. Seriously. Well, and even I I this is again this is just me. But if I were to suddenly find myself with uh, a large chunk of money, uh, hey, if anyone wants to give me like a, a six figure book deal or something, please hint, go hint. ahead. Uh, right. Uh, but if I were to suddenly find myself with a bunch of money, I don't think I would be capable of, like, I would never forget the sting of being 
broke all the time. Like I, I, there's a mentality that you have, and I know you guys feel me on this, um, where either constantly being broke or having financial pressures on you, it, it changes how you interact with the world in a pretty, for me, it's a permanent way, I think. Oh yeah. Well, and that's, what's so interesting about her is it doesn't seem like she came from relatively humble beginnings. You know, it doesn't, I mean, like, obviously she, her family had enough money to send her to the U.S. and, right. and you know, foot her bills, but it doesn't seem like she was living a very opulent life right. in, in Russia. So that's fascinating to me. Like, did she always kind of have this idea in mind or did she get to New York and party with these people and just realize like, oh, this is the life I want? Yeah. Yeah. It seems very much like she- it seems very much like she was able to observe them in their natural habitat. And <laughs> it, it, I, I feel like that's the most work she really did. It was that she was able to observe how easy it was to do these things. And she uh, reacted accordingly. Right. And I guess if you look the part enough and like, if you're just vaguely European, people will totally buy your shit. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's the other thing is, I don't think I could ever pull anything off like this because I don't, for listeners who don't know what I look like, I'm small and a little swarthy and curly haired and uh, not super fashionable. And I feel like I would never in a million fucking years (laughs) be able to get away with something like this. Because I just don't fit, I don't have an accent. It's just, it would never happen. No one would believe me. You a fake accent? <laughs> oh God! Uh, evening, governor. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Are you gonna marry Poppins? Heist your way in? Or are you just gonna go in on an umbrella? Oh, no. I'm, I'm the Dick Van Dyke. Uh, uh, the Dick Van Dyke grift. That's how, that's how you're heisting your way into hotels, floating oh, in an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> that would uh, that would work. That would, <laughs> But no, to go back to your, to go back to your point earlier, I'm in the same boat of just like, even if I came in into an obscene amount of money, even if it was the means that she did it by, I think I would be so consumed by the guilt of, I have to pay these people back. Like that's kind of the scariest thing about her is like, she had no qualms about taking money from people and having no regard for getting it back to them. Yeah. That's the part where it's like, oh, maybe she did a bad thing. But the rest, I completely <laughs> It's true. Like, it's, it, it, and again, like, going back to much, much earlier, but if, if the people involved were of less means, I would be like, yeah, maybe she deserves some really long prison time. How long is her sentence, by the way? I actually don't know. I probably should have looked that up before. <laughs> before we actually started recording um as she awaits trial oh she might the trial might still be going on no but she's in rikers oh right but okay so this was in june maybe the the trial must oh it says while she awaits trial so there's no way that like the trial started and ended in this short a period of time i don't think yeah no uh uh-uh I have to get awake scot-free. That would be... <laughs> Never serves a Well, and that's an interesting... <laughs> I'm going all in on supporting her now. 
So with the, I'm gonna I'm gonna make up free Anna Delvey <laughs> t-shirts and send them. Yes. These <laughs> are the first thing you sell from this podcast. There we go. merch, merch, merch. All right. <laughs> I wonder if she she must have a fan base of like people oh, who are definitely. like hardcore into what she did and like are going to make like a bling ring type movie about her. Like that is bound to happen. That is an excellent segue, Allie, to our <laughs> next to our next segment, which we will uh, commence shortly. Woo! Woo! Team Anna. <laughs> Now we talk about how would we turn well so this the 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 cut story that was uh, the New York Magazine story by Jessica Pressler uh has already been optioned by Shondaland uh for Netflix. So Oh my god, that makes so much sense. It is de- it is going to happen. Uh what would you if you guys let's you know give you show running powers uh, what, would you, what, what, what would you guys keep? What would you change? Who would you cast? I actually didn't do the work on figuring out who I would cast. So you go first. Vulture, like they have their own dream movie cast for this. Mm. And I'm looking at it and I, uh, I see that they wanted to cast uh, Dakota Johnson as the personal trainer slash life coach. That's kind of perfect, actually. <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, I, I, I kind of like want her to pull, pull off Anna. I think she could pull that off too. Yes. Yeah, I think she could. If she if she like weren't you know as gaunt, maybe I I, I think she needs to be a little more substantial. Yeah. Well, and they she have to have a transform herself. Yeah, the bangs yes, for sure. You just put the yeah. big sunglasses on her. She'll look just like her. That's true. It's just like basic white girl. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. They have to have a Macaulay Culkin cameo. As oh, yes! A cameo in the story. Like, maybe maybe the most relatable thing. Uh, the, uh, in the Vulture casting, they, they have... Uh, they're casting Macaulay Culkin. Maybe, maybe he should just play himself. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was one of the most relatable things from the, the New York Magazine story was Neff, the, the hotel uh, concierge chick, uh going to one of Anna's dinners that she would throw in and Macaulay Culkin sitting right next to her and her like freaking out, but not being able to freak out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And that's, that would be me, even though, you know, my past life was as a fucking entertainment reporter. I probably know how to be cool in front of celebrities at this point, but would it be cool? I don't know if I'd freak out about Macaulay Culkin though. That's true. Maybe, yeah. I would maybe I would look askance. I think I think that's that would be my that would be my reaction. I, I just cast the whole cast of Succession at this point. Honest to God, they would all fit yeah. so perfectly. I said I need to watch Succession. I, I everyone tells me I need to watch it. I, I need to get on that. It's very good, and that's see, I I allowed. I allowed myself to watch one rich asshole show and I went with billions and it was very good. Season season three in particular is, is really, really good. So some of those people I'm sure could definitely 
uh, get in there. Maybe like a crossover would be interesting. Yes. Anyone that has previously played a rich New York asshole. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Any, any way to get Damian Lewis in this movie, <laughs> however you can do it. I, yeah, I know that's a bit hard given that you probably can't have a crossover with a Showtime series and a Netflix series, but you know. Shonda will find a way. Yes, the power of Shonda <laughs> compels you. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so uh, what would you, like, what are some of the the details that you were like, this must be in the in whatever series comes from this? I just, everything about the life coach personal trainer, because just the <laughs> entire concept is hilarious to me. That, I... I almost want Reese Witherspoon to be her. Oh, yes. That would be amazing. Well, uh, apparently the update is, because like I said, originally they wanted to go to Johnson for this vulture thing. Apparently the personal trainer slash life coach is black. What? It's a black woman. What? <laughs> oh my God, this changes everything. <laughs> yeah, I was, I did not realize that. Well then, um, what's, what's her name? Um, uh, Channing Dungey's sister, Francie from Alias. Marin, Marin Dungey. Marin Dungey. Oh my god, I don't know why. I mean, I was a huge. Wow. That's the first time that Channing has been the the point of reference. Um, Right? Well, so I mentioned this earlier, misunderstanding, because you said the word cash, and then my brain just went to one thing. But I was fascinated that she gave everyone $100. Like, Uber drivers like and there was one point in the story where she's like she couldn't get Neff's attention and just kept putting hundred dollar bills on the desk until she came over to her and that that just blew me away that's just one of those details that's just that stuck with me the most of just like she really didn't give a shit about giving that money away that's that's got to be the cold open that's why I can't wait until T- Dakota Johnson does that on screen. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, 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 can, I can actually see her I, doing I, that. That would be so good. <laughs> um, oh my god, no, I, want. The, I can't. I cannot get over the personal trainer life coach being a black woman. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I just, it, yeah, that's fascinating see you know maybe it makes more sense that because like she was much more common sense about getting the fuck out of uh morocco her web yeah yeah and not allowing her to come up to the apartment that second time should have trusted the black woman everyone she knew what was going on yes I mean, she knows that's always that's the lesson in literally every story, (laughs) even this one. Trust the middle aged black woman. Yeah, that's good life advice. (laughs) Uh, But what about you? What was the story that, like, I mean, you're starting your podcast with this story in particular. I know. What was it about this story that connected with you? It was it was the ease with which everyone. Like it wasn't one like for the as far as details the the hundred dollar bills being laid down on the desk in in, in an ever increasing pile and oh and oh, and good. the fact that the personal trainer life coach you can't just say one you have to say both um, <laughs> lent her address 
because she her belongings had been locked up by one of the hotels that she had oh right yeah grifted and so she needed a clean dress and she wore it for weeks and i can't i can't wait to see that you know we're over the span of three episodes or four episodes she wears the same dress and it gets increasingly wrinkled and dirty and gross and uh she still you know kind of soldiers on despite looking ever more disheveled but you know what i think she was able to get away with that because she always looked kind of disheveled like yes her photos from before Right, like she's pretty and like honest, like she's just unassuming looking, but she always had kind of like messy hair and, you know, just looked like that whole like Olsen twin kind of disheveled <laughs> look all the time. Yeah. 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 So it made sense that if she was in like a dirty kind of wrinkly dress, it wouldn't look out of character for her. That's true. And that was, that was at the, that was, that was when everything was really, really like, you know, she was one step ahead of the cops until she wasn't uh right and yeah. that yeah the, the 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 dress for weeks is is the one that really really gets me uh and and the 400 dollar t-shirt that she bought uh neff which is a fun yeah fun name to say i wish someone why why hasn't someone come into my life like kool-aid manned into my life and bought me a 400 dollar t-shirt with ill-gotten <laughs> cash uh, i I ask this to myself every single day. Why hasn't this happened to me yet? <laughs> um, okay, so I think that's that's just a pretty. I think we've got some good ideas here for for what needs to be kept for sure and possible. Just you know, a little nudge, Shonda, call us. We've got we've got we've got ideas here. Yeah, very helpful. Yeah, yeah we're just doing our part, you know. <laughs> I can play the part of someone they're mean to at a department store. I love <laughs> I I feel like we've we've done some real society searching with with Anna Delvey. Um so maybe let's let's close on on a personal note, um, I part of the reason I, I started this podcast was because I, last year I uh, did a thing where I went, I quit my job and I went to the geographic center of each state and wrote about each place, the cities and towns that were closest to the center. And I ran across an outrageous amount of petty grifts you know i was uh well i'll i'll get to that in a second but then there there were all these stories about much larger grifts and it really it's it's just like a fact of american life at this point which is crazy to me um so have you guys and i heard stories from people about you know, they lost friends to timeshares essentially or multi-level marketing schemes um, have you have you guys uh, encountered and grift in your life? Oh, that's a good question. I I remember once in college I was dating uh, a very very out of work actor, 
and he got us signed up for these acting classes and it was such a fucking scam and i could tell from like the minute we got in there and the money was already handed over it was just like one of those like gut like your just heart sinks to your butt and you're just (laughs) like oh my god i've just lost a ton of money to this like bullshit con artist um so i don't blame myself for that one i got pulled into that one i guess uh cons that i've gotten pulled into is accepting to be a bridesmaid multiple times oh no oh no the ultimate grift it's it's a the 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 bridal ponzi scheme it is oh my god well let's see last year i was actually grifted I, i i protect i saved myself mostly but i was at the the pits of unemployment so i was willing to apply for and take any job and of course, I uh, accepted one that was too good to be true and mobile. And of course, oh, it was no. a grip. But uh, the real uh, grip that's important to my heart was seeing the film The Family Stone in movie theaters. Those <laughs> <laughs> hilariously biased commercials promoting it. That movie was not hilariously joyful. It is a hateful, hateful movie where <laughs> Sarah Parker is the only good person. And how dare they use Rachel McAdams that way? How dare they? <laughs> That's the real crime there that I feel like, you know, various government agencies should really look into. Criminal misuse of Rachel McAdams. Like. <laughs> no, that movie is a scam, though. It really is. She, Rachel McAdams can be in... Yeah, it really is. It's not <laughs> goofy. It's just obnoxious. And also, Rachel McAdams should be in the Anna Delphi show <laughs> as, like, an investigator or something. <laughs> Oh, hells yeah! Yes! I love this. I love this idea. I could definitely see her as sort of the hard-bitten. But, like, can she not be an alcoholic? I'm a little tired of, like... <laughs> I, think, I think she'll be competent. She doesn't need the booze for this. My... Yeah, so I encountered a whole lot of grift. And the one that was most bizarre and unexpected was a couple in Minnesota who were about 70 years old who I was staying with. They had opened their home to me, which was so kind and wonderful. I was a stranger and and they offered to host me. Uh, And then uh, I realized it was three nights that I was supposed to stay with them. And by like night, night one, they introduced the product to me in a, in a weird way that it was a powdered drink supplement and they poured it into these used plastic Starbucks cups. It looked like sort of like a, a, a knockoff version of like crystal light. This is packet that they dumped and I made sure to watch them drink it before I drink before I took a sip of mine. And then it sort of started escalating. They started talking more and more about the product. And I saw in the basement, this, whiteboard with uh both their names at at the top and then two other names below them and one name below those people and i was like am i are they trying to suck me into a pyramid scheme and uh lo and behold the third night i was there they took me to their favorite restaurant which was an a and w which is good burgers but uh you know favorite i don't know um and uh stressing me out i know they gave me the hard sell and this what was great was i still had to stay with them that night uh and so this was before and so they they gave me the hard pitch and they were like you know you're going you're so lovely and personal uh, personable (laughs) and 
you're going around America and people will want to talk to you and listen to you and you can help make them healthy. Oh God. And you know, and the, we can help you. And the, cause they had read, uh, I had said that like, I, you know, I wasn't trying to keep anything I had ever written a secret from them. They had read a post I did about, um, you know, depression and bipolar disorder and whatnot. And so they were like, you know, this, this will cure what ails you. And, oh God. We, you know, we know that you're struggling and you can't be making much money doing this. And I was like, well, I'm not, but I also definitely do not have time to be a traveling salesman on top of all this other stuff. And they turned on me very quickly because it became apparent to them that I was not going <laughs> to become part of their pyramid scheme. And it also became clear to them that I was not going to write positively about the, it, oh, yeah. they, they definitely wanted me to stay with them, not just to recruit me, but because I was a writer and they thought that I would be, writing positively about their bullshit ginkgo you know whatever else was in there sort of product that was like 40 bucks a month when i when i said i didn't want to be part of it they they're like well you should still buy some it's a 40 bucks a month i was like are you what what they didn't what about me they need to do what everybody else does in this country which is take it to shark tank that's how you'll know if you can have a yes. good product well that but that brings us back to a good point about this whole story i think a lot of most big scams that happen happen to vulnerable yes. people and they saw you know the people that tried to con you saw absolutely you. these people in this story are not vulnerable people whatsoever and i think like these are just people who i guess in their own way, have their guards down all the time right. anyway. Yeah. Because they don't think... Like, it doesn't matter. I don't think they assume, like, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Whereas, like, money to us, to normal people, really is a mm -hmm. big deal. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's why it makes me so... That's why, like, that sort of thing, the timeshares, the pyramid schemes that are not pyramid schemes, uh, or that, you know, legally you have to call them multi-level marketing schemes. Like that's why they make me angry is because they do often prey on vulnerable people who are just trying, like they've tried to make the American dream happen for themselves. And because the American dream is a lie, they're like, well, how else am I supposed to make this happen? Ah, I know. Right. It's just, sad not to end on a downer note jesus <laughs> free anna free anna delvey <laughs> you really you really family stone that conversation <laughs> oriana everything was going great uh, and then you turned it into a bummer you really did you really did surprise anna did nothing wrong <laughs> um well thank you guys so much for joining me uh on this inaugural episode this is really great yay woo oh, sorry yeah woo. there we go we got there we go. Woo. There we go uh well thank you for having me uh, this was a blast and uh hopefully in the time that we did this conversation no one got grifted Ooh, there's a well there's a sucker born every minute so this is like 47 that's true so 47 <laughs> suckers oh no 
You know, I believe that Dakota Johnson is going method, grifting people right now just to get the role. So, <laughs> yes, yes, she's part of the. She's um, what's the the Mary Kay? It's like Mary Kay, but like heart, like definitely grift, our bond or something. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about don't hard know. stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, we'll 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 teach you. Um, yeah. All right. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully you'll tune in for more Gris. Next week is, or two weeks, whatever. The next episode is about Theranos. So we can do both like charming foreign heiresses and hardcore uh, securities and healthcare fraud. Hooray! There's a a grift for everyone. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, see you guys next time.